welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me as always is Court Winston. Good day to you, Katie. How are you? Doing good. And there's that opening bell. <laughs> oh, so today we're going to talk about something that is just, oh, I, I just can't even tell you how excited I am about this particular topic. We're going to talk about estate planning. And I know you're excited because you get to hear me blather on forever and ever in a day. But we're going to try and make it interesting by you occasionally interrupting me (laughs) with fun facts about estate planning. I mean, we need to start this off with court is in session, right? I mean, well, yeah, the whole time. Sure. Yeah. Um, It's it's very, it's legal. And I feel like a lot of times that you hear the term estate planning and you think it's only for the rich and famous or mm -hmm. it's for people that have a lot of wealth and... That's kind of where we're going to debunk a lot of that, I guess, in this episode yeah. and really talk about why it's important because, you know, hopefully if you listen to any of our podcasts, you know that the importance of planning for retirement, planning for, you know, life happens, but you also need to plan for if life happens and your life is no more. And I mean, <laughs> Good Lord, yes, that's true. It's an but, interesting way to put it, but yes, that's no, I mean, it's the thing is, is you plan, you, you're very considerate about like, who's going to be your beneficiaries on your, your retirement accounts. But have you taken the next step to figure out, okay, what's going to happen to you? And, and we've touched on a lot of this in several episodes with taking care of aging parents and figuring out what their wishes are. And so this is kind of just like a nice little overview, wrapping several episodes all together. Yeah, we because did... we, we touched on a lot of the elements of estate planning yeah. in previous episodes. But yeah. th- this powers time of attorneys just, yeah. and all of that. We're, we're going to talk today about what we mean. If you hear somebody like me or Katie talk about estate planning, what we mean by estate planning, because it's a really a, a very broad topic and it, it encompasses a lot. And it's, it's in a way, it's been a minute, but it's kind of a jargon term for sure. And it's trying to, you're, it's always going to be called estate planning, but hopefully that now when you hear it, you understand what all is a part of it. Yeah. And when I, whenever I, whenever I, I do a lot of these presentations in front of large crowds uh, about estate planning, and whenever I do it, one of my favorite questions to ask on the front end is, okay, how many people here have an estate plan? And generally speaking, a lot of people in the room, I'm not, you know, it depends on who I'm in front of. Uh, sometimes you'll have the whole room n- not raise their hand, and sometimes you'll have never, never do you have the entire room raise their hand mm-hmm. and say yes, I have an estate plan. And I, I, I love to ask that question and have people say no, I don't have an estate plan because yes, you do. Everybody has an estate plan. Uh, it's just a question of who who actually is controlling what that estate plan is. Because even oh, if you don't okay. personally, even if you, you haven't gone in and created an estate plan that that expresses your wishes specifically. The state that you live in has laws that that govern what will happen to your yeah. estate if you don't have anything else written. And generally speaking, people would much rather they want the control. Yeah, they want the control. They, you know, I don't know many people that would like to turn over all of their wishes and and and, and plans just let the to state the government. It. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sort of big on not. Yeah. yeah. Court recently presented to a room full of doctors on estate planning, and he asked that question. And there were 75 doctors in there, and maybe two hands went up. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start this off with a little bit of kind of fun pop culture stuff and talk about some famous people and some of their estate planning fails. Mm. Okay. Well, let's do that. You you go first. Okay. Uh, Bob Marley. Everyone 
I feel like Shanoe Bob Marley is. Yeah, a reggae singer. <laughs> so he did not have a will, and apparently it was against his lifestyle. He really didn't want to have a will. But his wife, the lawyer, the accountant, they actually tried to create a plan after his death, and his wife even forged his name in order to try and grant bigger percentage of the estate. Mm. Didn't work out so well. So, yeah, it's not a good situation. Yeah, and this next one is one that it, it blows my mind. As much as I'm out there telling everyone, everyone needs an estate plan. Everybody should have at least mm -hmm. the basic estate planning documents. It blows my mind that, that to this day you still have celebrities that don't have anything in place. Oh, yeah. And one of the biggest ones in recent memory, for me at least, because he was one of my uh, favorite artists, was Prince. Huge estate. A lot of a lot of stuff in his estate. A lot of money, but a lot of businesses mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of music that you know he supposedly had an entire vault full of songs that he'd written that yeah. you know. And he had nothing in place to, to distribute this. So, of course, there's a, That's crazy. a lot of jockeying, huge wrangling and fights and so forth uh, about people uh, people trying to get a part of that estate, including maybe some, you know, some people who aren't actually related to him, but were claiming they were. So, you know, that's always fun. Oh, yeah. And that always happens. I think a lot with the celebrities is a lot of people come out of the woodworks. And mm -hmm. so it's important to make sure you have everything documented. Yeah. Aretha Franklin, another musician, um, you know, she had a lot of issues with her. She didn't, she she really didn't need a will, and that's what she felt like because she had four adult sons, and they would inherit everything equally. But then it turned so complex after that because the lack of a will quickly led to, you know, documents being found in her couch and trying to figure out if that was the will. And one of her sons actually was special needs. And so it was a matter of trying to figure out what to do with him. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was a big mess and a lot of headache when she passed away that could have been avoided. resolved. Yeah, it yeah. could have been avoided. Yeah. Um, you know, that hits on so many elements of, a, of an estate plan and things mm -hmm. that you have to consider. But specifically when you say she had a special needs son, the fact that she didn't have something in place that specifically dealt with his issues yeah. is really kind of mind-blowing from the perspective of an estate planning attorney. Um, number four, the, the fourth guy on the list was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. And this especially surprises me because, not to be terribly, terribly morbid, but if I remember correctly, Philip Seymour Hoffman took his own life. And it seems to me like, you know, again, not to be morbid, but it seems to me like if you're, if you if you're gonna do that. You're gonna I, plan it out. Yeah, Why did you yeah. plan everything else I've out? heard yeah. a lot of people say that a lot of times when you deal with people that are major depressives, uh, if they finally ultimately make the decision that they are going to take their own life, you'll see them cheer up in the final days of their life. And the, the, the speculation is that, that that is because they feel like a burden has been lifted because they've made this decision and they can, they can finally see an end to their struggles. Um, and I would assume that part of that is is sort of taking care of threads that you've yeah. that you've left dangling. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, anyway, Philip Seymour Hoffman did take his own life. He did not. Uh, he 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 actually had a will, and yeah. maybe he thought it was sufficient because he had something in place. But it was ten years old. Mm -hmm. And again, estate planning attorneys, we we like people to review those wills anywhere from every three to five years at the tops. Because your life changes, you know. Oh, yeah. He left everything to his girlfriend. He only mentioned one child in his will. He actually had 
uh, one or two daughters, two daughters, two yeah. daughters at uh, at the time that he passed away. In addition to his son, um, and so it, obviously a lot of changes that happened in his life, and he didn't address these things before he passed yeah. away. And I mean, in situations like that, it's you would expect, okay, the son's going to be nice and share with his two sisters, but you know, you never know. You never know what happens, yeah. and and death brings out. We're going to get into that. I mean, death brings out craziness in yeah, people. And it really does. it's better to have it black and white laid out of what you want. Oh, the times I've had parents come in and say, oh, we don't have to worry about that with our children. They're going to handle everything nicely between them and know. among them. And they, they, a lot of times, at, you know, when we're handling a probate after the fact, that's not at all what happens. Yeah. Okay. James Brown, another one. He, um, lots of fights going on because there wasn't clear definition of what was supposed to happen with his estate. And actually, um, according to this article I was just reading, none of his heirs, none of his heirs have actually received a single dime. Mm. That's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah and well, a lot of times when the courts get involved yeah, and they're just the kind of like, involved. quit being children and bickering, go to your separate corners, you get nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, eventually somebody is going to, is going to get it, but yeah, it can they take, can tie it up and legal wrangling can tie things up for a long, long time. Okay. So Tom Petty is the next Lots one. Lots of musicians on here. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I did notice that. Um, and of course we are doing a list of famous people that have had estate planning mm -hmm. issues. So, um, that does make sense. Uh, Tom Pitt, Petty had an estate plan. Uh, he actually had one. He had um, he had a trust, so you know he he really had taken care of business. Uh, his widow was the trustee. She was supposed to seek out his daughter's input on how the estate would be managed. Um, but uh, there were estate battles. Ultimately, they were all settled. But I mean, there was a a, a very expensive, very public clash yeah. between the daughters and the widow over how the estate was going to be handled um, and what the meaning of the word equally was in oh, the estate planning yeah. documents. So, I mean, you know, and, and I hate including this as an example because then people are like, well, why do I even bother? He had, you know, he had something and it still didn't. Yeah. Well, you know, there are ways that you can address uh, specifically that issue. Uh, people that contest your trust mm -hmm. or contest your will and how they are to be treated after the fact. <laughs> okay, Alan Thicke. He uh, died of a heart attack while playing hockey with one of his sons. He had set up a trust with his son as a co-trustee, but the estate quickly developed into a public battle between his widow and the sons and trying to battle out. There's lots of tension with that. And so, you know, that one is one, obviously you're not gonna keep people from bickering, but just making sure that you've got everything spelled out. And so people can't really argue about it. And it's just, this is what it is. This is what they wanted. Yeah. You know, I had forgotten that Alan Thicke had passed away, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I actually did too. <laughs> um, okay. so. When singer Barry White died in 2003, he was separated, but he was not yet divorced. So, um, and this was from his second wife, right? Uh, so she inherited everything, uh, even though they were separated and presumably intending to get divorced. He was living with someone at the time and his living girlfriend of several, several years uh, and his nine children received nothing. Wow. Nothing. So there was obviously a legal battle uh, with uh, between White's girlfriend and his his daughter and his son, and there were all sorts of filings and there was a big fight and you know it, it all can be you can 
if your life changes, if you, if you all of a sudden are separated and you're going to get a divorce or you got a divorce, make sure that you address those issues in your estate plan. Oh, I guess yeah. That's the... It's, it's the devil in the details a lot with this stuff. Okay, another one. It's, you know, this person did everything right. The Olympic sprinter Florence Griffin Joyner, better known as Flojo. Uh, she was believed to have had a will. She died at age 38 in 1998, but her family couldn't locate the document. Years of legal battles followed um, after her husband and her mother couldn't agree on what to do. And so this is an example of, yeah, she she supposedly did the right thing, but couldn't find the document. Mm -hmm. So it's those little details. Next one is uh, is another one of those shocking deaths to me, mm-hmm. uh, and that's Heath Ledger. He died at the... I didn't realize he was 28 when he died. He, he died young. at the age of 28. That is unbelievable. At the like, start of really, I mean, his incredible career. Yeah. Okay, by the time he was 28, he had had already an amazing career. Several huge movies. Oscar-winning performances, The Joker and Batman. Uh, he had also married Michelle Williams, yep. divorced Michelle Williams, had a child with Michelle Williams. They were still on good terms at the time of his passing. Um, they were co-parenting well together and so forth. His will, he did have a will, but his will left everything to his parents and his sisters. He obviously created this will before, before he, he got married, got and, married had a kid and before and... he had a kid. And so it didn't take into consideration uh, the child at all. And, uh, you know, Michelle Williams, whether he would have wanted her in his will or not, because they were divorced at the yeah. time of his passing, uh, obviously she wasn't considered and had no right to, to, to claim anything, any part of his estate uh, on her own behalf or on behalf of their child. Yeah. I mean, um, that one ended up working out okay because the family did take care of the daughter. But still, it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Marlon Brando um, died in 04. The actor left behind roughly $26 million estate to his producer and other associates. His longtime housekeeper claimed that Brando had promised that she would inherit his home when he died. But either Brando never promised her the home or never took the time to put it in writing. She later sued Brando's estate for the value of the home. The case did settle and she did get a little bit. But it's one of those, you know, if Brando really wanted to leave it to the housekeeper, he should have written it down. Mm -hmm. But then there's also people that come out of the woodworks and go, oh, no, he promised me that. Yeah. And that's why you have that legal document that's like, no, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So next, let's talk about Michael Jackson. This was oh, a big one. Yes. Um, Michael did, you know, presumably did everything right except for one key step. He had a trust. He had what we call in in the in the business a revocable living trust. He had set up. Uh, really explain that real quick. Well, Jargon. I know I'm not going to explain okay, that right now fine. because we're trying to get through a list, Katie. Okay. Golly. Okay, put a pin I'll in that. I'll explain it cam, later. Yeah. Can't remember that. <laughs> I will. A delayed jargon violation is yeah. coming. <laughs> okay. Um, so he had a trust set up and he was supposed to, the trust was supposed to give everything to his kids and his mom. And the problem is he didn't fund the trust. So mm. he didn't put any of his assets in the trust, which meant that none of his estate was actually governed by the trust. It had to go through probate, which meant that there were a lot of claims, so a lot of So you have a lot of treasure box and you didn't put your treasure in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know. So, so again, we're gonna we're gonna discuss more what a trust is. I know I've talked about it before, um, but but the the key th- element of a trust is when you create a trust, it, it's not fully created until you actually put things in it, and he didn't, so it didn't work right. Uh, big mistake. Big, huge. <laughs> okay, pretty woman. <laughs> okay, now we're switching to some sports players. Ted Williams, uh, this ball player. Acknowledged as one of the greatest hitters of all times. Um, 
he passed away in 02, his heirs fought over what to do with his body. And there were fights about cremation or take care of his body or whatever they wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. And everyone was fighting about it and went to court all of this, trying to figure out what to do with his body. So this was not fighting over money. This was fighting over his actual body. <laughs> so that's something that you can put in your estate plan of, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to you know, be buried in the ground? Do you want to be sprinkled in the ocean? That's a lot of people fight about that as well. Yeah. Um, how, how binding that sort of stipulation can be in a will we'll discuss, or actually I'm going to discuss it right now. It's not always, it's not always going to be super binding. Um, but, uh, it's it, having, having pre pre paid or pre made funeral arrangements is always a good idea. And then including in your documents, in your estate planning documents, that you have those arrangements already made, uh, and even stating what they are, that can really that can really tie tie mm -hmm. down what you're going to do. Okay, so next is Sonny Bono. Um, I don't know if y'all remember him. I certainly remember him. Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. Um, that was probably a little bit before y'all's time. I got you, babe. Yeah. I was just about to do that. Um, <laughs> he was also a congressman, and I remember. I, I remember, didn't know he was a congressman. Yeah. Uh, I remember when he passed away on a on a ski slope. He ran into a tree on a ski slope, and um, it, he is a large reason that nowadays you see so many more skiers wearing helmets when they ski down okay. ski slopes um, because his he he basically died of head injuries. Um, anyway, uh, he didn't have a will. Lots of fighting, including Cher wanting uh, uh, unpaid alimony. There was a love child that that came came out and said they were his child and they wanted to share. And DNA tests proved that they weren't really his child. So you know, wow. Uh, again, just craziness. Have a will, people. Yeah. Okay, Picasso. Yes. So um, his estate was definitely an issue. He did not execute a will and had an enormous tax bill owed to France. And the estate handed over the paintings of Picasso and the bulk of the collection to try and deal with the taxes. There was over 45,000 artworks found in the villas owned by Picasso. And in the end, the artist's illegitimate son, Claude, helped lead five other siblings, including his sister, to a settlement. So just an absolute mess. Yeah. Okay, and finally, because this list has gotten quite long, although I think we've uh, passed along some important information some within the list here. Yeah. Um, this this last one is Joe Robbie. So we're going back to a sports figure. He, of course, was the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Famously went undefeated in the '70s, the only undefeated football team, uh, National Football League football team ever. Um, they uh, they come out anytime there's another team that has a chance at at clinching an undefeated <laughs> season, and they stand on the sidelines and cheer when they fail. Um, so anyway, he had a huge estate and when he died in 1990, uh, he, he, he had an estate plan in place, but he had, uh, 11 children. There was infighting Ooh. between them. And there was also the matter of a $45 million tax bill. Ouch. Uh, and that's, that's sort of the last element of estate planning that you have to consider is, is your estate big enough that you're going to have to worry about estate taxes? And if so, how are you going to pay those estate taxes? Is it going to come out of your estate? Are you going to have life insurance to help you? Yeah. What are you going to do? So uh, he didn't he didn't have the proper plan in place, and he ended up getting really dinged. Um, so his his legacy, they ended up having to sell the dolphins to pay for the mm. estate taxes, and you know, they, he's they, there's nothing. Yeah, so the left. legacy was gone. Yeah. yeah, that is the end of the list. Okay. 
So let's kind of break it down to the basics. What is estate planning? Okay. Well, estate planning entails a lot. Um, first of all, let's start with the basic basics. Okay. Does everybody need an estate plan? I say unequivocally, yes. yes. Everybody over the age of 18 should have an estate plan. You mm-hmm. cannot... You cannot uh, legally in any state that I'm aware of create a last will and testament unless you are at least 18 years old. Okay. Um, So obviously you can't have your children creating wills, um, uh, which I guess only really is a huge deal if you have a child star that's making a lot of money. But um, so I do recommend that everyone should at least at an absolute minimum have three documents, a last will and testament. Okay. Uh, and as we have talked about before, a power of attorney, a financial power of attorney, and a healthcare power of attorney. So, so who can handle your stuff? Right. Yeah. Um, those three documents. Now, in addition to that, sometimes you will have a fourth document, either a DNR or a living will or a healthcare directive that specifically lays out what choices you would like made if you were in a situation where you can't make those choices for yourself. That is a fourth document that that we very frequently include in our estate plans, but that. You know, you may or may not need, um, but at an absolute minimum, everybody needs a last will and testament. Everybody needs a uh, power of attorney and everybody needs a healthcare power of attorney. Okay. That, when I talk about estate plans, um, that is what I'm talking about. The estate, the basic estate plan would be, and everybody should have one of those. But estate planning obviously takes into consideration numerous things. Yeah. Um, are you a professional? Are you in a, a highly, highly dangerous profession? Um, do you have multiple ex-spouses? Do you have multiple children from multiple people? Do you have lots of money? Do you, you know, do you have uh, several businesses that will need to be passed along? Do you have several business partners? All of those things have to be taken into consideration when you are planning someone's estate uh, because a will by itself may not be enough. You may you may need, like for instance, earlier I mentioned a revocable living trust. You may need a revocable living trust. Now this is basically a document between a person, the grantor, uh, you, if it's your trust, and another person, the trustee, where you basically are creating a contract and saying, I am going to give you, the trustee, this stuff, and I'm going to let you handle it, but you have to handle it the way I have it laid mm-hmm. out in this document. So yeah. it's, it's, it's really that simple. I want to make sure that this money is going to go to these places at these times, and I'm going to let you, you do that. Here is, here's the money. You take care of it. That's, you're, that's, that's a trust. That's, yeah. that's basically it. So really, it's, it's preparing and putting a task together to maintain your individual assets in the event of something happening to you or death and in your estate it is it's your car your home your real estate your checking savings investments businesses personal mm-hmm. property yeah. everything all together no matter how big or small it is it's trying to figure out who is going to be in control and while you are still alive figuring out your wishes how yeah. do you want these things to be handled and something that you touched on a little bit that's so important is it is the devils in the details and it's that making sure that your will says the same thing as 
your powers of attorney, as your trust, as your beneficiaries on your accounts, that they all are in alignment. Mm-hmm. They all talk and say the same thing. Well, they're all they're all striving to reach the same goal. They don't necessarily need to say the same thing or designate exactly the same beneficiaries every time, so long as they don't contradict each yes, other. Yes, exactly. Um, th- I can't say in my will that I'm going to leave all my shoes to Cam and then... It's- that is an extraordinary example. I cannot wait to see Cameron. In your Please shoes. leave your heels to me. <laughs> but then have it somewhere else written that I'm leaving him to court because then that could be like, okay, well, there's Who gets the shoes? two documents. Yeah. Who's getting them? Yeah. Um, okay. So one thing I do want to go back on because you you said it once and then I said it once earlier during the list and I want to make sure people understand why it is okay. we keep saying this. Everybody has an estate plan. It's just a matter of who is in control. Yeah. There are laws on the books in the state of Tennessee and in every other state that dictate what will happen to your stuff should you pass away without a will. It's known as if you die without a will, you're, you're intestate. And there are laws that dictate what happens to a person who dies intestate without a will. Okay. Um, and, and so if you don't create something saying where you want all of your stuff to go, uh, then the state of Tennessee, for instance, has laws that will say where your stuff is going to go. And you may not want it to go where the state of Tennessee says, yeah. it, it says it's going. So. If you don't have that will in place, you still have an estate plan. It's just the state of Tennessee is in control instead of you being in control. While you're alive, you still have the power to be in control and make sure the control continues when you pass away. Right. I've got the power. (laughs) And I mean, with it, you can have in there, we talked about like, you can have arrangements on who's going to take care of your kids, who's going to take care. I mean, even your pets, if something happens to you, you can have that listed. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's going to take care of your financial obligations, the succession planning of your business. Well, yeah, hopefully you've part of your estate plan should be that you have determined what your succession plan is for mm-hmm. your business long prior to your passing. At the same time that you're deciding what everything what is going to happen to everything else in your estate, you should also be coming up with a plan for how that business is going to be passed down. Yeah. Are you going to pass do you want to see it go to your heirs? Do you want to see it go to your business partners? Do you want to sell it before you pass away mm-hmm. so that you've got some extra money? How is that going to work? That's all stuff that should go into your considerations for an estate plan. And I think it's one of those that a lot of people go, "Oh yeah, I have a will or I I've got that." But they did it so long ago, they did it before kids, or they did it before they had their second child, or that they've had a falling out with a family member. And so like financial planning, like mm-hmm. everything in your life, it's not a one-time done and you never look back. It is a constant ongoing, you check on it, and as your life changes, you need to make sure this document reflects that. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, you may, you or your spouse may inherit money, then that's another element of your estate, then figuring out how is it going to continue. Yeah. I, um, one of the, one of the, the things that I was actually reading earlier today before we recorded that, that I found interesting was uh, a survey, like a Reddit survey or something like that. What would you do? What is the first thing you would spend your money on if you won the lottery? And I know we've talked about what would you do if we, if you won the lottery before, one of the people res- that responded to this Reddit thread, this subreddit, said, um, "I would I would talk to my tax uh, slash estate planning slash asset protection attorney 
And that might be the same person or it might be three different people, but that was my favorite answer because great. the first thing I would do if I had, a, if I realized that I had a winning lottery ticket, a big, with a big jackpot, mm-hmm. the first thing I would do is call an attorney. Yeah. That, like right out of the blocks. I'm calling somebody that, that is going to give me tax advice, that is going to give me all of the advice I need. I'm also going to be calling my financial planner, my my financial advisor, and letting them know, hey, I'm going to be collecting on this huge, giant jackpot, and we're going to need to figure out what to do with the money. Yeah. Um, but those th- that that's that's who that's what I'm doing first. That's the yeah. first thing before I even go like turn the 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 lottery ticket into the the lottery people in Nashville. I'm calling an attorney and calling my financial advisor. Um, and, and I, it just makes sense to me. Uh, well, and it's, it's kind of one of those that the more we do these episodes and the more I'm, you know, getting aware of all these things, you almost need a team. I don't care if you have, you know, just a, a normal considerable amount of money and you just, you know, are doing great how it is. Everybody, no matter the size of their estate needs to have their team. They need to have that, you know, legal person, that accounting person, that financial person that can really be their liaison to help them make sure that all this hard work they've done, that they're keeping it moving forward and that, and it's the devil in the details. We had somebody that set up a trust, thought they were doing the right thing. And they called us and said, well, my father passed away, but he had a trust. So everything should be easy. And we're like, okay, well, then we go into it and find out that he didn't put anything in the trust or he put most of the stuff in the trust name, Mm -hmm. except for this large amount of stocks that Mm -hmm. he had. And so now we're having to deal with trying to figure out, okay, we got to go to the courts because these stocks were not in the trust. And he had a trust, but did he have a will? Because if you have a trust, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need a will. Mm-hmm. But you, a lot of times when we create a trust, we one of the reasons that we create a trust is in hopes of avoiding probate. But yeah. even if that is your main goal, even if you just... Uh, you want to do nothing more than avoid going to probate court. Um, the fact of the matter is, if you don't set everything up right, you might end up having to go to probate. And so you also want to have a will because yeah. you can't enter, you can't take your trust document to a probate court and say, here, I have an estate. Here is the the last will and testament. Yeah. It's not a last will and testament. It's a trust. So you need that other document. A last will and testament in every state, and I know I've said this on a podcast before, has very specific requirements to be a valid last will and testament. It must be executed by a person over the age of 18 that is of a right sound mind and body. Or Actually, I don't. you don't have to be of sound body, but you do have to be of <laughs> sound mind. No, seriously. Like if you are physically incapable of signing the will so long as you can knowingly direct someone else to okay. sign it for you, you gotcha. they have, they'd have to do it in your presence and in the presence of two witnesses. You have to sign it in front of two witnesses or direct that it be signed in front of two witnesses. And then you also have to, in some states, have it notarized or in other states, have an affidavit of the witnesses that is notarized. Okay, but, what's an affidavit? Okay, an affidavit is basically a sw- written sworn statement where somebody swears to something. It can be an affidavit about anything. In this case, it would be the witnesses sign an affidavit swearing that they were in the presence of each other and of the person that was signing the will, that he was of sound mind, that they each signed the will as well okay. in each other's presence and saw each other do it. So you you got to have this whole thing where you it's see the production. testator sign, you see each witness, you as a witness see the other witness sign, and then on top of that, you and the other witness are going to sw- sign an affidavit, a written sworn statement in front of a notary, saying that you saw all, saw all of this and that the person that signed the will met all of the requirements 
to be able to sign the will. Now that sounds like a lot, but really it's just a couple of documents that, you know, you just are, everybody's going to be signing and stamping stuff when you go in yeah. and actually have this done right, correctly. Well, and it sounds like it's, yeah, it's a production. It's, it's making sure it's handled, but you also want to make sure that it's up to date with what's happening in your life, but also with the changing laws. And so I think a lot of people may go, oh, well that's, that's a little bit of money. That's expensive to mm. update these documents and do that. But then when you think about the flip side of it, the expense that you put into is an investment in your future, in your family's future, and trying to make sure that things are handled appropriately when you pass away. And so if you invest the time and, and money mm -hmm. to have a professional help you do all this, then they can make it seamless. And they it's their job to help make sure all the documents are aligned and that's why part of when we do a financial plan with someone at you know here at Pickler Wealth, then part of the questions we ask is now okay, let's let's make sure we check your beneficiaries. Yeah. Let's make sure do you have an estate plan? Because that is crucial. Yes, we can tell you your money's gonna last your retirement, but we're not doing our job as a fiduciary in the best interest for you. Unless we say, okay, have you made sure you've set up your estate plan as well? I think I have said this before, but I will say it again. I, Whenever I have sat in on a meeting that was discussing a financial plan, I was always in awe of the number of topics that the financial planner would cover with a client. And oftentimes a client may wonder, why in the world are you going through all of this? But the fact of the matter is, Katie, you and I both can speak to the fact that Financial planning, we're, we're both preparing to take an exam where we can actually call ourselves certified financial planners. Mm -hmm. uh, we're prepping for that exam, and in the preparation for that exam, we have covered topics as broad as insurance, uh, estate planning, tax planning, tax, yeah. um, education, uh, investment, uh, everything, mm -hmm. retirement planning, all of it. We, we have covered all of these topics, and that's why if you go in to sit down with a financial planner, they're going to talk to you about a lot more than you might have anticipated them talking to you about because all of that stuff is stuff that has to be considered when you are trying to, to prepare your life financially. It, it goes from the very beginning where you are today all the way through when you pass away and what's going to happen to your stuff when you pass away. All of it is important and everybody should do it. It's, it's again, it's vitally important. Yeah, everyone should have it. Um, you know, too many people don't consider this important and don't plan for it. As we've said numerous times before, if you don't do it, then the state's going to do it for you and you've lost control. You've worked so hard to save this money, to build these assets, to build businesses or to attain these houses or cars. You want to make sure that it's still taken care of when you pass away. And the whole, yes, I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble. People are not going to act the way you may think they will act when you pass away. Yeah, absolutely. For some reason, death brings out some really bad qualities in people, mm -hmm. and they become very catty, and some people are very stricken by grief that they can't even focus, and so then that's one issue. The other is the fight of, well, I knew them better. I know what they would want, mm -hmm. and so if you ha take the time, then you really can control it. And you can make it where people aren't bickering, hopefully. Well, you can avoid that as much as possible. Estate plans and battles over estate plans could come down to something that is seemingly so minor, but it's a big deal to your heirs, mm -hmm. like a, a dining room table that everybody wants, and they fight over this dining room table. Or, you know... That, that we have a story of that happening, and it, then yeah, it, any, do you chop up the dining room table and yeah, divide it out? What do like you do? Solomon and the, the baby or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
do, do not count on people behaving like grown-up adults when it comes time to actually separate your estate. And even if you don't have children, even if you don't have much stuff, go ahead and have that have that document in place that says what you want to happen to the stuff that you do have because that way it, it just it diminishes the amount of uh, of potential for fights and it really it really establishes what you want to happen. Um, so keep all of that in mind. Yeah. Um, make sure that you know what's in your estate. You may be thinking, I don't have a lot, but what if you have a bunch of stuff in your apartment and somebody else might want some of your things? You make sure that if you make sure you've got a good inventory of everything that you have, make sure that you know what you have, make sure that you know about all of the bank accounts that you have, because if there isn't somebody on your bank account with you, nobody can get to that bank account unless it's, unless you have a will yeah. or unless they open a probate. That's the only way they can get to that account if you don't have them on there. So make sure you know all the bank accounts that you have. Make sure that you know all of the assets that you have, whether it's real estate or or stock or whatever, make sure that you have a good inventory of everything and that you know what's going to happen to it all. Well, and part of this is also, and, and this may be a little tiny bit of shameless plug, but um, so we we happen to work at Pickler Wealth Advisors, but we also have a Pickler Law Firm and a Pickler Accounting Firm. And it's one of those that we can have a client that uses all the services. And so we can set it up where the issue we had before with a celebrity who they couldn't find a document well, it's something that a law firm could house electronically or, you know, physically documents for you. And, you know, you have that financial planning team, you have that accountant that they all know your stuff. And so when something happens to you, your heirs understand that when Meemaw passes away, I go to Pickler and they can, they know what everything, they know where everything is. And so aligning, again, that team that is able to help you and keep everything all concise of this is where it is, this is, I know what to do, I'm not having to scramble and try and find all of your stuff because it can make you organized and, you know, nowadays there's all these electronic keys that can have your documents and just making sure things are there so people know where the wills are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you if you say to yourself, oh, I have a will, but you can't right away immediately name exactly where it is and know that at least one person in your life knows where they can find it as well, then you're not fully prepared. Yeah. Um, so just that's that, that, that's kind of a little nugget there. Why don't we do some uh, fun facts about estate planning? Okay, so uh, California was the first state to allow living wills in September 1976. Okay, the will of Yua is the oldest known will in existence and was found in a tomb in Egypt. It dates back to 2548 BC, and it left all of his property to his wife. Oh, very good. Yeah. Historians found a power of attorney dating back to 561 BC. In Mesopotamia. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The shortest known wills are only three words long, all to son and all to wife. Okay, interesting. Okay, and I did want to throw in some movies and TV shows that just have great examples of estate planning. Uh, the first one was Little Big League. 12-year-old Billy's grandfather passes away, and he ends up owning the Minnesota Twins. Mm, fantastic. Of course, everybody remembers Rain Man, uh, Guardianship. That that covered uh, conservatorship, trust, Rain Man. Special need, all um, that. Raymond was, was uh, autistic, mm-hmm. and um, he inherited his his father's estate. Uh, his younger brother was played by Tom Cruise, and I don't remember the character's name, but he wanted control of that estate. 
And so he went to go get Raymond because uh, it was all for Raymond. And and hilarity ensued, although it wasn't really hilarity. It was still... Um, yeah. Yeah. So Game of Thrones, um, I actually oh, think... classic example. Yeah, Court did a, a couple of years ago when Game of Thrones was really popular, did a little lunch and learn with our clients and just came and talked about Game of Thrones and all the elements of part of that show. Yeah, and my favorite example of that is obviously... Um, in the very first season, Ned Stark is is writing out the will of uh, Robert Baratheon, um, and uh, King Robert Baratheon, mm-hmm. and King Robert Baratheon di- is dictating the will to Ned and says, "I want you know everything to go to to Joffrey, my son." And Ned Stark replaces Joffrey uh, with my my heir, my heir, yeah. Joffrey may not have been his son. Hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's, you know, obviously. And then Robert signs it, but there's no witness. There, You know, they, he doesn't have all of the proper witnesses in there to, to see him sign it. And then, of course, uh, hilarity ensues. Oh, yeah. So Succession, I've only seen a little bit of this. I think, Court, you've seen more of this show. I've seen the first season. Um, I, we don't have HBO anymore, so I can't watch past the first season. But uh, I saw the first season... Uh, and of course, in the first season, the, the father is still alive, but it's it's definitely about the succession of his major empire that he has built yep. among four. He's got four children, three sons and a daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, very, very of, interesting show. Another one that I just thought like Yellowstone is yeah. a lot with that, with very, him and all his kids and trying to figure out, you know... Who's going to take over the yeah. different parts of... I keep calling Hillman. Yellowstone succession in, in Montana. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Secondhand Lines is one of my favorite movies. Um, well, it's, it's a very cute movie. I like it. But it is about these two kind of grumpy men and their line at the end is the kid gets it all. Mm. I love it because it's money hungry relatives trying to get the money and yeah. they're like, no, the, the kid was genuine. And so it's... People can change their wills, so you know, oh, yeah. be nice to people because just because you think you're getting it doesn't mean the only you are. person that, to my knowledge, off the top of my head, the only person I can think of that you cannot leave out of your will that is is your or, or prevent from inheriting part of your estate is your spouse. You can prevent your children from inheriting. You can prevent all sorts of other people from inheriting, but you cannot prevent your wife from inheriting. At yeah. least in the state of Tennessee, your wife can get something or your husband can get something. You can't just completely disown them. Yeah. Not if you're married to them when you die. I mean, they, they can they can make a claim on your estate, even if you say in your will that everything is going to Bob, you know, Brubaker, then <laughs> your spouse can still say, no, I get my share. Yeah, um, I, I do have to throw in here. So I have a group text with my in-laws and my sister-in-law and my husband. And um, they were meeting with the attorneys yesterday. None of us really knew why. And my husband decided to send a very goofy picture of my father-in-law and said, this looks like Lurch. Because it, it was a very funny photo. And all of a sudden, his dad responds back and says, well, it's a good thing we met with the attorneys this morning and updated our beneficiaries and our wills and trust." And he responded back and was like, oh, okay. And I said, I don't know why y'all are bickering. We know the dog's going to get it all. (laughs) So I think a lot, my point is that a lot of families joke about, oh, you're going to be disinherited and all of that. But your parents can do it. They can call up to the the attorney's office and say, hey, I'm really angry at this person. Get him off. And 
And ladies and gentlemen, we do have clients that come to our law firm that it's, it's like hot and cold. Every couple of months, they get mad at somebody and disinherit them from the will. Mm-hmm. And then they get better and add them. Now, that's an expense every time they do it. But hey, if, if they yeah. want to make sure it's the most up to date, because you can always just be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, we're never promised tomorrow. So if you're very adamant about wanting to change something on these documents, you need to do it. Sorry, I went on a tangent. Let's keep going on our list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my favorite movie on the list is Brewster's Millions. I've talked about it before. I love this movie. It's a Richard Pryor flick. It's it's older. It had John Candy in it. He inherited he inherited thirty million dollars, but he had to spend it in a month. And if he could spend it in a month, then he inherited three hundred million. And so he goes about spending thirty million in a month, and that that just seems like it would be so much fun to try. Uh, okay, Mr. Popper's Penguins. It's probably not a well-known one. It was Jim Carrey, and uh, he was a real estate uh, investment banker or something like that. Very busy man, and his estranged father left him all his penguins. Mm. And so these penguins show up to, I think, like New York or something like that. And just it's obviously funny, but you've seen so many movies. I know we've talked about Baby Boom before, but, you know, she ended up getting the child mm. of her relative or friend and so you might want to figure out if people are leaving like live things to you like children or animals you might want to know about that yeah yeah definitely want to make sure that people know if you if they're getting stuff okay and then finally the last one on this list i don't know why i have to be the one that covers this i hate this book and this movie but (gasps) it's called the ultimate gift and you even gave me a quote the quote is the only way you can truly get more out of life for yourself is to give part of yourself away and that's by jim stovall Yes, that just makes me tingly all over. Golly. It's a very heartfelt book and movie, but definitely it's about controlling who's getting things. How do you feel about Sweet and Low, Katie? Because that movie is solid saccharin. Ugh. Okay, let's let's wrap this up because there's so much that we can go into about estate planning. It, it really, Court, you didn't say it on this episode, but it's it depends. That is the phrase for all of this. It depends on who you are, what you have. And so it's really customized. There's not a cookie cutter thing. You've got to make sure you get the right team in place. But let's, before I keep bullseyeing it, Yeah, you're the about bullseye, to give your bullseye before we say bullseye. Gosh, I always give it away too early. <laughs> and plus, I also want to say, I'm not sure how many times I've actually said it depends. I think more episodes than not, you're the one that says it depends for me and then accuse me of always saying it depends. Anyway, that's just a little side thing. We'll we'll fight about that later. Katie, why don't you actually this give us... This is why we need to have like a will written out of like, what happens to Bullcast after Court and I pass away? <laughs> People will be squabbling over bullcasts for decades. <laughs> you never know. Okay, let's bullseye. Okay, since I already kind of started my bullseye, I will continue. Um, this is just, it's so important. Do not put this on the back burner. And get your team in place. I mean, really align the people that are going to help you because you are so busy living life, making sure you're doing what needs to be done every day. So this is a time when you invest in the right team, invest a little bit of money to make sure that everything's in line and that you've got that set up, that you do have your wishes set and that it helps you organize your documents because it's there's so much jargon out there. Let someone be a part of your team and help you make this happen. You do not need to be an expert on it. That's what you hire a professional for. Bullseye. 
Bullseye. And of course, mine is basically going to be a, a real a, a real direct bullseye. Do you have a will? Do you have powers of attorney, both for your finances and your health? If you do not, then you need one. You need to go out and get them. And the sooner you can do it, the better off you'll be. It makes everybody that is in your life, um, it makes their job easier if they have to take care of something for you when you are incapacitated or if uh, you pass away. So please make sure that you have them, make sure that they're up to date and make sure that you're thorough and have covered everything that you, that you, that you want to, to, to be covered if something should happen to you. Devil Bulls. in the details. Bulls eye. Well, what do you know, Katie? There's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard <laughs> and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service. We're on all of them or most of them. You can find us. Uh, subscribe to our podcast and have it beam directly into your ears every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me and Katie, find out more about our podcast, feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave us a comment. You can suggest a topic. And we will surely, surely respond to that request. We also have Instagram. Our handle is at bullcastpodcast for the pics. And we have Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at bullcastpodcast. I don't know what we do on Twitter, frankly, but it's there. Tweet, tweet. Um, and finally, we've mentioned, actually mentioned several times during this episode that Katie and I work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about where we work, more about our amazing team, what we do, about our boss, David Pickler, then please feel free to go to that website and peruse. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have given you so much stuff. We have given you directives. We have given you action items. Get out there and get your will done. Get out there and get your power of attorney. Make sure that you have an estate plan. Make sure that you have a team. You got a lot to do. So for now, we're going to leave you alone. Oh, and I do want to call myself out. If you listen to an episode a couple, if you listen to an episode a couple episodes ago about gas, yeah, I didn't listen, y'all. And the very next day, I was sending the guys a picture of how I had. 15 miles till empty. So go back and listen to the gas episode while you're working on your estate plan. I left the office last night and I filled up when my tank was on a quarter full because that's how I roll. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we out. We out.